been in the pulpit to preach, and I thank you for your patience. Um, um, there are a couple reasons. One is uh, my my family has just been had gone through a real hard time with uh, my uncle Rick passed away, and I needed some time. Um, you know, there's different. Um, levels of closeness that we have to different members of families, and some people would say, well, if, you know, my uncle passed away, it'd be about 24 hours, and I'd be over it, and for me, he's, a, he's just been a spiritual hero in my life, and it just took a little bit longer, and I'm still processing that, and some of you understand with loss, and then on top of that, we had some much-needed vacation that uh, was able to be on, right on the back end of that, and it was just good to be in long car rides, and talking, and praying, and thinking, and and then uh, we were in Texas on, uh, uh, our friend of the family has a ranch with horses, and and uh, in a swimming pool, and 80 acres, and just like, like, praise God, <laughs> to just go and just be and to rest. And I, and I feel like we were able to get some of that time. And um, so thank you um, for that. And then and today, can I just be honest? Uh, of course, you'd rather me be honest than, than lie to you. Um, I, it, it's, been, it's been hard to, um, probably because of, of just some of my emotions um, and just wrestlings over the last month, it's been hard for me to, to even get to a place of, of just getting into the pulpit and preaching and, and just wrestling with my own things and, um, uh, you know, questionings and wonderings and all of this stuff and then, and then opening up the Bible and having to, uh, oh, I need to have something for the people, right? You know, so I just wanted to, and, and in all of that, as I was just kind of, Lord, what do you want to do? And there was all kinds of different directions. And, you know, I've, I've preached so many sermons that I could go in the archives and pick one and, or I could, uh, right, you know, or you could, I could just be like, I think the, this would be a good one to preach today, you know, just kind of, yeah. and what I, what I thought was, uh, and I feel like the, the Lord and I, as we were wrestling, was that I was just going to share a little bit of what I've been feeling and wrestling with over the last month um, and, and let you guys in. There was a, actually a, a sermon series I did about three years ago um, called The Big Reveal, and it was What Hard Times Reveal. I kind of went back to that as some source uh, for this and was just saying, okay, God, I've been in a hard time. I'm guessing uh, there's probably three types of people in this room. You're either going through it, you just went through it, or you're going to go through it right? And you're, and, and that's not like a, that's not, you know, like me declaring some weird thing over you. It's just, it's just the reality is that, um, and so the, the thing that, that separates us from other people is that we get to say, when I do go through a hard time, this is how I'm going to respond. That, that he is still good. He is still on the throne. And, and so we, I wanted to just maybe just share some, just some raw stuff that I'm going through. I don't know if the, that there's going to be like, like an introduction, three points and a conclusion, but we'll just kind of, if you just let me talk, I'm sure that at some point in here, um, you might write down a thought that helps you. Is that okay? And then the rest of you, those of you that normally sleep during my message, you can, you can do that now. You know who you are. And I know who you are. <laughs> I'm back. All right. What hard times reveal? It's just uh, the title today. What hard times reveal? Um, it's it's how do you? Here's some of the, some questions for us to just kind of roll around. How do you respond, or how do you process hard times in your life? Um, it's easy to have big faith 
or, or incredible character in here or in the good times. And then, but when, but when there, there's pressure, when something happens unexpectedly or you know, you're, in the, you're in the crucible of life, it's like then when the utility bill is due, when there's, when there's pain in relationship or, or there's pain in the body or, or, or somebody dies, like what about then? My, my mom used to say that there's, no, there's not time for like hurry up Christianity in those moments. It's like whatever I've, I've had, it's, it's that that carries me through. Here's this, this thought that, that I had is um, when hard times hit, what's inside me is revealed and I have an opportunity to respond in such a way that will draw me closer to God instead of away. When hard times hit. Um, John 16.33 says it this way. And, and he's talking about um, uh, persecution, but he's also talking about, this can apply to all kinds of stuff. Is He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I've, I've had some, some great opportunities um, to talk with people, whether it be in, in um, pastoral ministry or whether it be recently, like my, uh, a lot of family members have, have called me just as they're processing their own grief and, and I'm, I'm processing mine, but I have to like, you know, take off my, uh, you know, my personal hat and put on my pastoral hat sometimes even with family members and be like, okay, and uh, the thing that, that, that's true about even what I've been walking through just, just personally and emotionally and what they are is, is that we, we were never promised that it would just be easy until Jesus comes back. And sometimes there's, there's somehow a theology that sneaks in that is, when I give my heart to Jesus, it'll all be better. Have you ever felt like that or someone ever tell you that? If they did, knock it off, right? Like, it's all worth it. It's all going to be worth it, like, like for his glory. And he, do you know the Bible says he, he, he takes all things, all, everyone say all. Actually, in the original Greek, um, there's a word that actually means all, right? He takes all things and he works them together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He takes, takes all. He brings in the good and the bad and he somehow makes something of it. One place in Scripture, I believe in the Psalms, it says he makes beauty come, come out of ashes. And so we're never promised that it's just going to be a walk through the park with a precious moments Jesus. Right? We get the, you know, anybody like precious moments? You know, if you're, if you're over like, yeah, oh, never mind. <laughs> I think you can sell those on eBay for a lot now, guys. So if you ever want, if you were ever thinking about that. I digress. But, you know, that picture of just kind of, or, or maybe you get a picture of Jesus, like he's, he's got blonde hair and he's Swedish and he's wearing a bathrobe or something. And he's like, yeah, I mean, he's just, I'll tell you what, it's, like, it's not all peaches and cream. You know this. But as I'm walking through this and you're walking through things, like, like it's a little bit more messy, this, this Christian life that we're walking through. Like, like we're, we're promised that he's going to be with us, that he's never going to leave us, but we're not promised that we'll never uh, uh, have wounds along the way, that, we'll, that, we're, that we're not going to uh, have some bloody knees and some bloody elbows. And like, right, you know, we're, you're never promised that. He says that here. In this world, you will have tribulation. 
I like the thought here in Isaiah 54, the first three verses. It's, it's kind of that place. We'll watch this. He says, in the NIV version, he says, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Now, can we just pause for a second? And in that culture, this is more, I mean... You, Today, the husbands and wives and, and individuals have thoughts, you know, like, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm going to have like 15 children or, or that, probably never that thought, but uh, I think I'm going to have, you know, two or three. I mean, Becky and I were, we were getting married and, and she's like, how many children do you want? I'm like, two maybe. And she's like, how many do you want? Oh, maybe four. And then we're like, okay, we'll just cut the difference. We'll do three. How about, how about three? But and then there's some people who are like, I never want children. And I'll be satisfied with never having children. In this culture, that wasn't even, it was like you just had children. And it was part of their, their identity and part of their calling and all of this stuff. And, and so a barren woman, that was significant for him to share that here in Isaiah. This was a significant thing of heartache. And, and everybody else is, and I'm not, and, and in a lonely place. And so he's saying God, through the prophet Isaiah, says, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy in the midst of what you're going through right now. In this hardest season, everybody else, I mean, all of these other ladies are like popping out a child every two years, right? They're either pregnant or nursing, pregnant or nursing, pregnant or nursing. But not you. But not you. He says, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than, than of her who, who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. In other words, he's like, this is what you're going through right now. But if you could see with eyes of faith, there's more to come. In fact, you're going to have more children than those ladies that are popping them out every other year, right? Is that crass? Am I allowed to say that? I think so. I think I can. He's like, take courage. Because, because children are coming. Because there's hope. Because there's, there's more to come. Like the situation you're in. Like, like we have hope. We have hope is what he's saying here. In fact, it's going to be so much hope that those people that you're envious of right now, like it's going to seem like, like, man, like look what God has done for you. In fact, your descendants are going to dispossess nations. Isn't that a cool place to be? This is the place, this is our goal when hard times come. This is, what, this is where we want to be is Isaiah 54. Where we want to be is when, is when we're in the lowest of low that we can sing, O barren woman. That we can shout for joy. That, that we can lift our eyes to the heavens. That's the place. That's not always the place that we're in. But that's the goal, isn't it? That's got to be the goal. Um, I, man, I, it was July 25th. My, my birthday, by the way, if you hadn't had a chance to say happy birthday, there you go. There you go. It's my birthday. I, 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 was, I was up at um, 6 in the morning. I was working out and got a call about 6.30 that um, my Uncle Rick had passed away. 
And it was like, it was one of those almost, you've probably had it before, just the, like the disbelief. You're just sitting there on the phone and I'm like, I'm barely awake, by the way. I'm just like kind of going through the motions of working out, but not really like making it happen, you know, and just so that I could tell you that I do, but I really, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. And, and I'm just like, I'm on the phone as my brother called and, and, he, and, he, and he told me the news and I was just kind of like numb. I'm like, it probably, did. and part of the reason, and you've all had those phone calls probably, or at least you, you know, and, but part of the reason was because it wasn't supposed to happen this way. I mean, there'd been, there'd been prayer for, for over a year um, in, in my world. I don't know, I don't know what, what you're used to and what you have a good work for, but like there were prophetic words, there were prophetic dreams, there was intercessors all over the, the, the nation, if not the world, praying. I had people, I had faithful people coming up every other week almost, and like, is there any, any news on your uncle? Because, because no, nobody was given up. Like he was supposed to, my uncle Rick just was a... Um, a, a man that was the that had had depth in his walk. He he, uh, he released the word of the Lord in in churches and places all over the region. He had that type of of, of calling on his life, and and nobody thought, um, oh, it, it, I think he's just lived his life at fifty years old. I think he's just done. And nobody thought that. In fact, it would seem like the the the, the prophetic. The, the intercessors, like there was never one word that came, hey, I think this is God's timing. None of that. And so I get the phone call, and I'm like, what do you do? What bucket do you put all of, the, all of the, those words from God in? And that's a, that was a, a little bit of a, uh, of a crisis, so to speak. My, my faith in God hasn't been shaken, my love for him, all of that. But as I wrestle with, wait, a, wh- what was that? Well, it wasn't just like one, one-off word that, you know, the, the, you know the, the intercessor with the prayer shawl, right, that comes up to you and says, I have one word. Like it, wasn't, it was like everybody. What do you do? What do you do when it doesn't make sense? When it doesn't quite line up, when you're like, in fact, I had a, um, oh, I, I, I had a whole order for what I wanted to share with you, but we'll just, we'll just go for it. Um, uh, like my, one of my family members calls, and they're needing counsel now. Now I'm I'm wrestling with these same thoughts, but they need they they need something now. So I, you know, dig deep, ready in season and out. So uh, pull something. He he uh, he was just saying, um, I don't get it. Like God said. And it didn't happen the way God said. And I said, I wish I had an answer for you, man. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had, I wish I had the, the, the words. I, I, but I said, this is what we know. Um, we know that, uh, that God is still good. We know that God never lies. I said, did you know that? Do you remember that? I'm not, I'm not trying to like shoot scripture at you. I know that we're all healing and we're all, you know, we're all just kind of kind of grieving right now. But can I just remind you? This is one of my family members. I'm like, can I just remind you that that God doesn't lie? He's like, yeah. He's like, I, I know that. I know that. I'm like, so as we're just processing this out, processing this out, just can we just can we just know that either we a bunch of people heard wrong or or, or it was something else, like maybe, maybe we just don't, maybe there's a mystery in here. 
Maybe there's like, or, or maybe there's like a 1 Corinthians 13 that says we know in part and we prophesy in part. Could, maybe, there's a, or maybe there was something behind the scenes that was going on that just, that just kind of, uh, you know, I, I said there's something about the prophetic. Either the prophetic beca- is, uh, there's two, parts, two, two ways the prophetic comes. When I say prophecy, two ways prophecy comes. It's either a thus saith the Lord, it'll happen no matter what you do. How many know the end time drama is going to happen? Right? Book of Revelation is going to happen. Someday he's coming back on a white horse with a huge tattoo on his leg. You know? That's what I, that's what I heard. And it's going to happen. And you, regardless of if you and I um, believe it or not, it's going to happen. Regardless if you and I are living for him or not, it's going to happen. Regardless of all my, my good choices and poor choices, it's going to happen. There's another part of the prophetic that, that's contingent. It, there's places in the Bible where he says, you do this and then I'll do this. You do this and then I'll do this. And so... One thing I was just sharing with my family members, I, I'm like, there's a part that we're going to live in mystery, but, but we know that, that there are sometimes the prophetic is contingent upon obedience. It's contingent upon somebody making a choice to do something or not do something. And um, one thing that I, I'm, I'm not trying to, um, you know, make a theology out of uh, in the midst of an experience, but one thing that I, that I do know that happened is uh, uh, my aunt, my aunt said that right, right towards the end, Uncle Rick was just, he was getting tired. And she says, I feel like God told me that this wasn't plan A, that this was plan B. And that, um, and that Rick was basically saying, I, I'd, I'd like to go home. And I mean, what do you do with that? You ever think that God sometimes has a perfect will and a permissive will? That sometimes he just says, okay, okay, um, we, we, we can do it your way. I don't know that it was plan A. There's a lots about this that, you know, that I'm even, uh, you know, probably not going to share up here in front of, in front of everybody, but, um, but I do know that there's a lot about this that wasn't God's plan A, and, and there's a lot about this that's mystery. Any of you, like, have stuff happen in your life, and it's just mysterious, and you're just like, and I think where we can make some poor theology is when we try to define the mystery sometimes, where we try to go too far in making sense and sometimes I just need to rest in the fact and this is what I told them like that I just don't know and that what I do know is that God's still good and God's still on the throne the maybe if you were to have a main thought for today would be this in the midst of hard times don't doubt in the dark what God revealed in the light I'm, I'm where I'm, the, the starting place that I have with you and with me today is, is that, is, and you know this, is that I believe uh, God and his Bible to be absolutely true. And so that's my starting place. And, and when people call me, whether it be my family or whether it be you, we always have to go back, well, what's the Bible? That's what my grandma would always say. Well, what's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? And a lot of times what we do is that we let our experience define um, God and his word instead of letting God and his word define our experience. Like, like he never changes. And his word is true. And it's, our, it's, like, it's the thing that we hold on to in the midst of the... the I mean, you know, it, it's like when you're, when you're a pilot and you're flying and there's a storm and you can't see out your windows. Like, you, you have to hold on to the, the instruments and the, the, the radar. And you know, like, this is all I know. It seems crazy. You feel like you're... Uh, this is what I hear from pilots. You feel like you're upside down. You feel like you're... you're I mean, you, right? Is, is, is that... Is that right? 
you know, you're a pilot. I mean, I'm, you're, and all you know, you've got to hold on to what you do know, your last course. And even though I feel like I'm upside down, here's the radar. That's him. That's the, that's the Lord. That's his word. You feel like everything is crazy. You go back to that first place. Don't doubt in the dark what God revealed in the light. There's a, um, there's a, there's a story, Matthew 11, and some of you, a lot of you probably know a guy named John the Baptist in, in the world, and sometime, or in the Bible. His, uh, um, sometimes people call him John the Baptizer, and, and that's what he would do. He would baptize people in water, and, um, and, uh, and he was one that, uh, that would prepare the way for Jesus to come. And he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. He was a weird guy, by the way. He'd, he'd be the guy that, uh, you know, we'd all have, you know, do we want to be friends with him? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Somebody should go connect with him, right? Do you want him in your connect group? I don't know. If he ate locust. He ate wild honey. He, he like, you know, he dressed, dressed funny and... But he was like, he was, he was real. Like he was, he was in it and he was preparing the way of Jesus. Um, so Jesus comes on the scene. In fact, he was, he was cousins with Jesus. They were, they were family members. Um, I don't know if you remember the Christmas story and some of those details that Elizabeth was, was pregnant with John the Baptist at the same time that Mary was, was pregnant with Jesus. And, and Mary walks into Elizabeth's home and the Bible says that, that John the Baptist leaped in her womb. Now, I don't know, I, I don't, we don't know this, but a lot of people think that it's possibly that, that John the Baptist was, was dead in the womb. Who knows? And then when the presence of Jesus came in, the, the life came, who knows? And he leaped in her, in her belly. and I mean, There was a connection there between those two, Jesus and John the Baptist, even from, from being in the womb. And they grew up probably around each other. They knew each other. Well, then, then there was a, the, the season where, where John's in his ministry. He's already in his ministry, and Jesus comes, and John recognizes who Jesus is, that this is more than just my cousin. He's my Savior. John had a, just an incredible ministry. One of the, Jesus called him one of the, the greatest uh, prophets, the greatest, the, in fact, the greatest prophet. And um, John, um, he had a ministry of just kind of saying it like it is. And and no uh, no real filter and I I don't know if I uh, if I uh, I probably wouldn't recommend that all the time but he he did in fact he just didn't hold back but there's a guy there's a king his name was Herod and and Herod was uh, decided that he was going to have his uh, um, his sister-in-law as his wife <laughs> just because he could and so he did and John the Baptist goes before him and says you're wrong. You're, you're living in immorality. And Herod, Herod was from Jewish descent, and he, he, he knew the laws, and he understood all of that. And, and, uh, and John's like, Man, you're wrong. You are wrong. You need to repent. And what did John get for it? He got thrown in jail for it. So John's in jail, and, uh, and he's, he's actually in jail for two years. Sitting in jail for doing the right thing and just preaching the word of God and calling people on the carpet that weren't living right and all of those things. And this is where we come in Matthew 11, verse 2, and it says, And when John heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and, and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? 
Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. This is a, it's an interesting thing because John already knew that Jesus was the Messiah. This, I mean, he was the one who, who had baptized Jesus. You remember the story? He baptized Jesus and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and there was a voice from heaven. John was there when the voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. You know, like he was there. He was there the whole time. But when he was in his lowest moment in prison, waiting for certain death. And some of you maybe know the story that John, his head ends up being beheaded. And when he's in his lowest moment, doubt creeps in. In essence, John was asking, are you the real deal? Are you the one we've been waiting for or is there someone else? I'm sitting here in prison and I don't want all of this to be for nothing. This needs to count. Doubt creeps in at our most vulnerable moments it's the same thing that uh, um, that happened in the garden of eden it's when you remember when satan is tempting eve and he says did god really say you know that's what happens all and it's the when it's in our, our our hard moments when when death happens or when when we're in a financial struggle or or we're in an identity crisis or something's going on the the our physical bodies are failing us and it's that place where the where the devil sometimes whispers did god really say did god really say and i can't tell you now, i'm just being honest i can't tell you how many times i've thought about that when when i've doubted my ministry calling and sometimes my faith and I'm sitting there with a, a loss or a frustrating painful time and I'm just like man is it all worth it sometimes Jesus are you really did you really say did you really call it and he's like he's like Jonathan knock it off those times where I have to hold on to truth with everything that I have. Jesus' answer to, his, to John's disciples was brilliant and challenging. It says, he said, tell John what you hear and see. The evidence that Jesus was who he says he was. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. In fact, he was doing this. He was, he was doing what Isaiah had prophesied years and years before. Watch, watch these two places in Scripture. Isaiah 35, 5 through 6. It says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then, then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And this was one of those messianic prophecies. Jesus is saying, hey, 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 remember that. You know, you know the truth. You know what Isaiah prophesied. He said this again, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the, the prison doors to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who, who mourn. This is what happened. Jesus didn't get into a theological debate with John. He just said, here's the results, John. What do you think? 
this is what's happening. People are being healed and set free, and the gospel is being preached to the poor. What do you think? I almost can hear the disciples coming back to the prison cell and them telling this to John, and John's like, okay, good. Yeah, that's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to hear. I just needed to know that it was real. The shaping of theology in in hard times, I don't know, if I were to have three points, it would, it would probably be like the, the before, the during, and the after. Is It's like the, your theology, and when I say theology, we're talking about like what you believe about God and his Bible. That's, that's what theology means. What I believe about God and his Bible. It, it, before hard times hit, how many know it's a good idea to know what you believe before the storm comes? I don't know if you're, if you're in it, or, or you're on the back side of it, or it's going to happen, can I just encourage you to, to know what you believe about God and His Bible before the storm comes? Because when in the midst of the storm, it's, it, it's almost, almost too late. It, it's like I, I, I hold on to everything I knew before then, and, and, and then the storm comes. Then the storm comes. John knew that Jesus was the Messiah. Matthew 3, verse 13 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and and you're coming to me. John John knew. Before the storm ever came, John knew that that Jesus was the Messiah. And can I just say, it's okay for our theology and what we know about God to be challenged. In fact, it's a good thing. It's just that in the, in the hard times, is, it's, that's not the place to all of a sudden figure out what I believe about God. Like, I, I want to know this. I want to know what is unchanging about God, that no matter what, what is unchanging? I want to know what's, what's evolving. What are those things that, about God and his word that, that over time I have a better idea of it? And what's just my opinion? <laughs> what's just like, like something that someone once said? Here's some of the, the things just in the last few weeks that have just been coming to my heart as I've been processing. Is this okay for you guys? I, um, because if, if some of you may be going through something right now and, and it may be helpful for you to know that I'm going through something right now and, um, and, and, and maybe some of you will be. And uh, some of the things that just started coming to my heart and my mind as I'm going through this is, um, you know, uh, is force yourself to stay consistent in the word and in prayer, even if it's just a few minutes and even if you don't feel anything. The consistency in his word um, through this time, I, I, there, were, there wasn't many times where there was Holy Spirit goosebumps and like fire falling from heaven and I'm just like, oh, you know, an encounter. But it was like, but there was consistency. And I knew that I needed consistency in his word and consistency in prayer, um, even if it was just a few minutes at the beginning of the day or the end of the day or as we were driving. Like, I just needed that. And I knew, I knew from past experience, I knew, I knew before the hard times hit that the thing that's going to carry me through is consistency with him, even if I don't feel it. Even if there's the, the experience, I mean, you, you guys know this church and you guys have been around me enough probably. And you know that, man, encounter with God experience is a big part like that's that's one third of our vision encounter grow release Uh, we won't be able to encounter God's presence but in those times when we're not feeling his presence 
I got to stay consistent. I got to do what I know to do. I got to be in his word. I got to be in prayer. Um, the other thing that I, that I needed is I, ne- I needed to find safe people that I could just unload on, regardless if it was theologically correct or not, right? I just needed to be able to just say, uh, dude, here's what happened. This is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. And, and that, for that person to say, hey, don't listen to your feelings. <laughs> Let's go back to the word. Let's go. Like for me to just go, like I had my wife, I had my, my brother, I had my family, and we were all just, but then there were some people outside of just, that could be even real objective, and I could share, and just, man, that sharing part is so healing sometimes. Just to just say, man, man, this sucks. And, and for me to even say, there was all of these prophetic words, and I'm struggling with the fact that I feel like God spoke, and it didn't happen. I, can, you, can you just talk with me through this? Man, I, like, I needed that. I needed to have, can I say, it would be unwise for you to go through it alone. Be unwise. And, it's, and in the midst of the storm is not the place where you find your best friends. Like, you, you find your friends before the storm, and then in the storm is when you call them. Man, thank God for people around this church and for people outside of this church and for family members and people just far away that I could just say, man, this is, this is tough. The other night with our elders and, uh, and, and wives and all of that, I didn't expect it, but I, uh, I was sharing some things and I just started weeping. And I, 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 I wept a little bit, just, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit at the... Um, at the funeral, and, uh, and then hadn't really cried a whole lot since, and then, and then, you know, they came around and laid hands on me, and all of a sudden, it was just like, like a well. Man, you got to have those people, and you got to have them before you're in the storm. Like, you don't have somebody right now, like, go find somebody right now. Not right now, but after, after I, I share this, then go find somebody. Find like, find like three or four or five, six, 12 people and just make sure that there's people that when you're going through it that you can call and that they can help center you, help bring you back to truth so you don't get weird. Seriously. Um, here's this other thought. Be okay with not having all the answers. I mean, that was a... I, I can't, I can't, I can't... Uh, count how many times like I'm on the phone with somebody or we're in person over this last month and and someone's calling me or I'm calling them and we're like okay let's go over this again this happened this happened this happened this happened okay this still doesn't make sense and and then and then we get done with the phone call and we're uh, yep it still doesn't make sense and there's there have been times over the last four or five weeks that I've had to just rest in the fact that there, there may always be mystery there may always be mystery. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. And so then I, and so then I, I, I meditate on the unchanging truths about God. What do I know about him? We did a series, I don't know, a few months back, and it was, it was, it was God Unboxed, and we talked about all of, the, all of the attributes of God. Like, there, he is unchanging. He is always good. He can't not be good. And I have to hold on to that when there's mystery. 
Um, another thing that I've, uh, maybe you've already picked up on this, but don't make um, major decisions about God or theology in the midst of the storm. That's something that I'm thinking about. And, and I, I, don't know, I don't know when the dust is all going to settle and, and when it's all going to just be like, okay, I think I can take the emotion out of this and have a, just a good conversation with, I don't know when all that happens and it's different for each person. But when you're in it, that's not the place to make major decisions about God and his word. Like, that's, the, that's the, the time where you hold on to everything you knew before. Unless, unless what, you, what you knew was way off, then, then maybe, uh, maybe let somebody um, slap you upside the head or something. You hold on to the last place that you knew was true. Psalm 27 is a, maybe some of you have read this before, but this is just a great, just kind of like, centering, holding on to, like, like, truth. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise against me. In this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. I'll tell you, one thing I've learned in this season and other seasons is this, is that um, he doesn't always save me from, sometimes he saves me in. That's a good, that's like a good tweetable right there. Man, there's, how many like want him to save you from hard times? Man, me too. Man, me too. No joke. And he does sometimes. Sometimes he, and, and we, we go down this road of like, why do bad things happen to good people? And man, you can go, I mean, we can look all over the world and be like, what is going on, right? And I'll tell you this, in the midst of all of those questions and wonderings, sometimes he chooses not to save you from, sometimes he chooses to save you in. There, there's a story, I don't have time to go into it, but, but would you look up the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in, in the Bible and the, the fiery furnace? And um, Man, if I were to write that, that story, like it would, God would have like swung in on a big rope, you'd have like smoke bombs and night vision goggles and right, you know, and, and with his big arms, he would have taken all three and, and then come out and then, and then the, the smoke would settle and the king would look in and be like, what happened? There's, there's nobody in the fiery furnace. And for whatever reason, God, God chose to let them be thrown in. The guards died because the fire, fire was so hot and they got thrown in. There was a fourth man standing in the furnace that we know was the son of God. And, and for some reason, God knew that in this story, they needed to be saved in the furnace instead of from it. In, in all of these wonderings, um, I, I come to places where I ask myself some questions like, what do I know to be true about God and his word? I like what Bill Johnson says. He says, I'm not going to lower the standard of the Bible to meet my level of experience. Here's some questions. Um, just maybe that might help you as you're walking through. Does the Bible speak directly to this experience? You know, as the, as the dust settles and you're able to put the emotion aside and, and you're just kind of learning from what just happened, 
Is, does, does the Bible speak directly to this? Is there truth that the word says to my situation? Or here, Here's another one. How do I reconcile the character of God in the midst of my experience? <laughs> how, do, how do I, like he's still good, like he's still loving, he's still just. He's still, how, do I, how do I reconcile those two? Here's the, another one. Is the Bible silent in speaking to my experience or, or vague? Sometimes the, you look in the word and you're like, the Bible doesn't even say anything about this. Like it's just silent. What I do when the Bible's silent is, is I hold on to everything I know about him. I hold on to his character. If there's not a chapter and verse, I, I can still hold on to who God is. I want to close with this. Is, um, when you go through an experience, there'll be a time when you come through on the other side and the dust will settle and you can put emotion aside and you can have some good conversations with the Lord and with other people. And it is in that time that your experience doesn't define theology, but there might be something about this experience that the Lord uses to help shape some things, to help redefine some things. And it's in that where I, I love the culture Jesus created. He, in fact, the worship team, you can come. It says, Jesus created a culture where he invited his followers to challenge everything they ever knew about God. You know that because you remember some places where Jesus would, would talk and he, said, he would say things like this, Matthew 5, verse 21. He says, you've heard it, you've heard it said that uh, it was said of those of old, you've, you shall not murder. But I tell you, whatsoever, who, whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger, in danger of, of judgment. In other words, he was saying, you heard it said that, that murder's wrong. I'm telling you, anger in your heart that causes bitterness and like that's just as wrong he would challenge what they what they knew he said you've heard it said don't commit adultery i tell you don't even look at a woman with lust in your in your heart and in your eyes and you've heard it said you know love your neighbor and hate your enemy he's like i tell you love your neighbor and do good to those who persecute you forgive your enemies bless bless in other words the Lord may be telling you this morning as he's talking to me as you walk through a hard time and you get to the backside and he's and you're saying okay God help me make sense of this he may say this he may say you've heard it said but I'm telling you man what are some of those things some of those lies some of those things or, or partial truths we, we grew up in a church or we grew up in a family and we heard it said and the Lord wants to say but I tell you I don't know what that is for you. I know for me, he's, he's wanting me to know that he's still good. He's wanting me to, to know that he still speaks and he still shares prophetic information. He, he still uses revelatory prophetic dreams, even though it seems like somehow, I don't know, this one, like it didn't quite work out the way. That's still, he still uses dreams today is what he's trying to tell me. You've heard it said... But I tell you, he still speaks. He's trying to tell me and he's trying to tell some of you that you've heard it said that maybe, maybe God doesn't heal. I tell you, I'm the, the great healer. I'm the great physician. And these situations can start to make us get weird theologically. And I'm, what I'm choosing to do right now, church, is just to say, like, the God I believed in before that healed the sick and raised the dead and, and, and that spoke prophetically and used revelatory gifts and words of knowledge and words of, like that's the same God I believe in right now. It's the same God. 
And we're going to press in. And next time that there's another person that, that's fighting for their life, we're going to pray, like, all get out. That, that person's rising, they're getting up. And, and we're, this doesn't define theology. It exposes it. It exposes for me that there are some foundations that have been laid for a long time. And can I encourage you? Get some foundation in your life. When the storm comes, you'll need to go back to truth and not believe lies. Can we stand this morning? Some of you, some of you just need like another person to stand with you right now. We're gonna have our, our altar team comes. They, they were they've been all prayed up. I was with them this morning. They're ready to lay hands on somebody and just get some good stuff happening. So we, you may be in that place where Pastor Bo this morning was talking about Jehovah Jireh. Or Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Maybe, maybe you need the banner over you to be victorious or whatever it might be for you this morning. As Pastor Kelly and the team lead, would you just take a step of faith and say, I can't do this on my own. I need somebody to stand with me this morning. I need breakthrough in my life. I need encouragement. I need peace. I need that, that oh, Jehovah Nisi, that Oh, Lord, whatever name of God you need, that he would just, just take a step. In fact, even right now, Lord, all over this place, from my right to my left, that there would be a, an encounter with you this morning. Right in the midst of hard times or the foundation that we're getting even before hard times hit, Lord, that would happen this morning right now. As Pastor Kelly leads, I just encourage you to respond and to come forward and, and we'll close in just a minute.